podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and true crime. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, looking very dapper today once again. Always. Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. And you haven't seen me with my makeup on yet. No, I have. Why? Well, I, I did on the promo pictures. You did on the promo picture, but because of COVID and everything and having to wear the mask so much, I didn't like wearing the makeup because it, it gave me zits anyways, and I am like have very good complexion. Oh, honey, I have the same problem. Shut the fuck up. But I don't feel anyways, fabulous anymore, and I'm like, oh my God, what guy will ever want me? There was no point in putting on makeup because it just come off on the mask and just cake my pore. It was disgusting. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I'm lazy as shit, so I didn't really check out the promo page until recently, and I was like, the fuck is this chick, man? <laughs> oh my God, it's Tammy? Yep. What the hell? Dude. That's way different than Studio Tammy. <laughs> I know, huh? Fuck! I want to pick up. I want to pick up promo Tammy in a bar, and like you know, bang her in the bathroom or something. I deserve better than bathroom bang. All I'm saying, buddy. All I'm saying. Oh my god! I like myself too much for just a bathroom bang. Oh my god! I I just love fucking with you. I know you do. I know you do. It's all good. (laughs) My hobbies include fucking with Tammy. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do. That's on his resume as a as not just a hobby, but something he excels at. I do. I take yeah. pride in that. All right, Tam, what do you got for me? You said I'm going to love uh, what you got. You so. are going to love them. You know, I don't remember if they had a moniker or not, so I'll have to look into that later. But this is Faye and Ray Copeland. Okay. Now, Faye and Ray Copeland actually hold a record in the United States, and I will get into that a little later. Please tell me it has to do with sex. Like no. most, most granny porn watched or, you no, know, can no, like... nothing uh, to do with that. Like, Sorry. fit 20 hot dogs in her mouth. Something. <laughs> do nothing like that, you disgusting fuck. Damn it. It's never anything Any- good. I know, right? But you're going you're gonna to like them in the long run. All right. Um. Anyways, I have the opening quote for you, and it's, Years have passed... And how I am anxiously watching the twilight of my childhood quietly sinking, never to rise again. And that was said by Sean Saw. Fucking sad as shit, man. You'll find out why. My childhood. That makes me think my childhood is gone. I'm an adult. Adulting sucks. (laughs) Adulting does suck. I don't care who you are. My childhood was shitty, but. Yeah. Still, you know, adulting is just a different, uh, well, it's, it's better than my childhood, but still shitty. It's not what it's cracked up to be. I no. don't get the naps like I want. Exactly. By the way, if, if you are in your 20s or lower, number one, enjoy as many naps as you can, and two, do not become an adult. Don't. I swear to don't. God, don't. It's not worth I it. I mean, you have to do adult things, yes, but don't ever grow up. Turn back now. This is not the path you want to take. Turn back. Thou shalt not pass. Don't I wish I said that when I had to become an adult and do adult shit. 
<laughs> I'd be like, okay, you know what? I know, right? Scary ass wizard bearded dude. I'm out of here. I'm just gonna know, turn right? my bad ass. Passy, I'm turning around. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to my childhood. Thank right. you. I'm, I'm going back to my childhood. You know, yeah, you brought up you a good point. Really grown up, either. You know, I haven't. I tell everybody, I'm 47, going on like fucking like 13 tops on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> I would say yeah, kind of that pubescent, prepubescent cusp age. The only thing you that's know. changed is that, you know, growing up, we were fairly poor, right, and right, right. now I'm not poor. Right. You know, I get to buy whatever the fuck I want within reason. He he does, within reason. I mean... Can't buy my private jet right now, which is depressing. <laughs> hey, we get four cents on that one commission. You got it. Damn payment, dude. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go over to the to, to the jet company and say, hey, look at this. We made four bucks, our four, no, four, four cents, cents on, on a, one commission. On, my, yeah. on one commission. So, you know, I'm rolling in it. <laughs> one step away from driving a fucking Pinto. <laughs> dude, we used to own a Pinto. Shut up. It's fucking awesome. All right. Yeah. So what do you got for, the, for, for anyway, this lovely man? Anyway, and Ray Copeland. Now, Ray Copeland was actually born on December 30th of 1914 in Oklahoma. Jesus, he's old as shit. Yeah, well, he was. Was. Probably. Obviously, 1914. He's still living in, in now. I was going to say that song, 1814. I was thinking the exact same thing, believe it or not. <laughs> well, only because you have so many songs in your head that <laughs> I'm surprised I got to it first. <laughs> so, while he was young, his family moved rather frequently. And, but they would eventually settle down in Arkansas, somewhere in the Ozark Mountains. It doesn't oh. say exactly where. So Ray and Faye were brother and sister. I understand now. <laughs> no wonder they're... No. Yeah, it makes sense. Actually. Um, as was common with children going up during the Depression, he actually dropped out of school in the fourth grade in order to help support his family. Okay, fair enough. Which was very common. Yeah. You know, as a result, he would be functionally illiterate for the remainder of his life. Now, that's actually going to come into play in a little bit. Which, I mean, while, while that's not common today. No, back then it back was. Back then it was fairly common because mm-hmm. not everybody got to go to school because, hey, you had to mm-hmm. kind of help out the family and the farm. Right. And if you did go, get, go to school, it really wasn't a lot of them. Like, I don't even think my grandfather made it past the sixth grade. Oh, wow. You know, okay. but he was born, you know, in the early 20s as well. Yeah. So. so. Yeah, no, it, it, I just wanted to put it into perspective very early. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's an illiterate son of a bitch. Well, that was pretty common. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, totally, I do not fault him for this at all. But that that fact there will actually come into question a little bit later I do on. You fault him for making sweet love to his sister, but okay. She wasn't his sister. Hey, he's living in Arkansas in the Ozarks. It's yeah. Just, that's law. Well, what's really uncommon, though, considering he was growing up in the Depression era, was that he was often described by his friends and family as being quite spoiled and very demanding. Okay, that, that just contradicted everything you opened with, because if you have to quit school in order to help support your family... Well, I think it was actually required at, as members of the family. You know what I mean? But that still doesn't... Doesn't say spoiled to me. No, it de- okay, th- this is how I looked at it. His family and said, said, you know what, you need to quit school because we need help at the farm. However, that doesn't stop his wanting more in... Seeking out the attention and, you know what I mean, thinking that things belong to him. No, and I, and I dig that. I dig that. But being raised the way that I was, if I would have been helping out on the farm and I, said, and I was being demanding, honestly, and I was born in the 70s, my dad would have knocked me into a coma. This is true. 
because you know what you have the entire you know what you're entitled to not a damn family? thing oh fucking thing yeah you're you enti- earn your meal damn you no exactly and do you know how often we went to bed without food as punishment Oh, you know how often we went to bed without food just because we didn't have food? Well, I was going to say, we lived on an active dairy farm. Oh, okay. You know, so my grandpa had a huge garden, all that. My grandma canned in the, you know, summer and fall. So we always had that, our canned food. Always. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, we didn't have to worry about that so much. But at the same time, there was many times it's like, oh, you go up to bed, you don't get nothing. You know? Oh, see, I would honestly never punish a kid that way because because then again i'm very food centric i was gonna say yeah but you did have the you know the eras when you actually didn't have food on your table oh exactly and so much so that i've actually argued and very few things in this world will piss me off Mm -hmm. very very few one of them is if somebody's living with me like a significant other and they're in charge of grocery shopping and i'm on the road and i come home and there's no food in my house because there's no fucking reason for it i make a goddamn good living there's no reason for this right uh my son's mom and i got into it over that once oh i bet i i, I bet came home <laughs> and it was only one time i came home and i go and i look through my cupboards and there's like a can of peas and there's like yeah. nothing in my fridge I'm all, why in the fuck is there any food right. in my house there's no reason I, exactly because you know, she had uh you know I'd, I'd given her plenty of money i think when i was on the road she, like i don't know like, four or five grand or something like that because I was only gone for three weeks. Shit, want to get married? (laughs) (laughs) And and the agreement was, hey, make sure there's fucking always food in the house. Oh, yeah. Because you got to feed yourself, you got to feed the kids because uh, we had uh, my, uh, Jake's half-brother, Nathan, with us. Okay. uh, And he was only like fucking three or four or something like that. Uh, Nathan was. Right. No, I know. So fairly young. I come home, there's no food. Oh, that is just, to me, there's nothing more insulting. Oh yeah, no, totally. Than that, totally. I mean, we were lucky enough, like I said, because we had the you know huge freaking garden, and you know we always had milk and stuff like that. When my grandma made our butter and stuff, that the only thing we really had to go to the store for was like the pantry essentials, like spices and flour and sugar and stuff like that. Right, right. So no, totally understand, but that, yeah. that's what I was saying. I don't understand because to me, it's contradictory. It's it's contradicting itself with saying that he had he had to drop out to help him out on the farm, and given the era, which is way before I was born, when right. parents were more brutal, and that's not saying much because mine were pretty brutal. It also brutal. makes you wonder what his parents were like too. If they just turned a blind eye to him, as long as he helped out on the farm, they didn't care what he did otherwise. Okay, I can see where people would say, "Yeah, you're spoiling him" or whatever. Right. Or I guess it's kind of subjective. It's just yeah. No, uh, I agree to with you. To me, it's you. a little confusing. That's all. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're I saying. I better let you get into further into the story before I yeah, start running my I was fucking mouth, say, though. Mr. Soapbox already. Um, Brothers and sisters, <laughs> gather round. <laughs> so, but by the age of 20, he actually committed his first crime. He actually went out and stole two hogs from another farm, which he would then sell in another town. Now, this could be also where the spoiling came in, because nothing ever came of it. His father, his father covered for him. Oh, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> no. I know. That would not have happened in either one of our households. Let me tell you what my dad would have done to put this into perspective, okay? Because yeah. my dad would not tolerate thieving oh, at all. no. And it doesn't matter. It could have been a penny. It oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's the point of it. My dad beat the shit out of me all the time and if i was caught stealing that's why i'm not a thief 
it wouldn't have been, I'm going to spank your butt. Oh, my no. dad would, and he has many times, he would ball up his fist. Oh, wow. My dad hit me with a closed fist over something stupid like breaking a piece of a toy. Oh, wow. Could you imagine being no. caught stealing? No. I wouldn't be alive. Yeah, no. My grandpa, I mean, my grandpa didn't hit me so much, but I stole a little piece of penny candy one time, and it was the last time I stole anything. <laughs> yep. I mean... Because he, I mean, it was embarrassing. And, you know, I vowed. And then at that point, I also vowed in my life, I would never do anything to disappoint him again. You know oh, what I mean? makes sense. Yeah. I took a different approach with Jake. Because uh, we, I, we, were in, we were in Iowa, as Uh-oh. a matter of fact. How and about that? Uh, Yeah, because I, and I was driving over the road and I had wrecked a truck. So I, my new truck okay. was being delivered. And uh, No, you were in eastern Iowa at that time, weren't you? Uh, on Highway 50, heading up to Winnebago. Uh, Minnesota. Okay. Highway 50 is kind of mid-state. Yeah. And uh, so we went to, we're, we're, we're in my new truck, and we stopped by uh, to grab a few things. We decided we're going to check out this, uh, <coughs> uh, like, a, it was a Goodwill type of a store, like a thrift store. Okay. Just check it out, kind of kill a little bit of time. Very before common we take out there. Out. And uh, Jake had picked up a toy car. They were 10 cents. Oh. I didn't know he did it. Okay. Let me get back to the truck, and I see this car. Go, where'd you get this? From inside, I said, no, marched him back in. It's okay. He can keep it. I said, no, ma'am, he cannot. Yeah. Because it's not the point of the 10 cents. Right. That, the, the, it could be a penny. It could be a million dollars. Right. He doesn't take what doesn't belong to him. And that's exactly what I made him do. And he was upset. But guess what he didn't do? Steal again. He never stole again. Yeah. I had to return the penny candy, pay for it. I mean, I had to go back in, explain what I'd done, pay for it, and then I didn't get the candy. Good. Yeah. No, no I totally. Support that one hundred percent. Okay. So anyway. dad's covering for this little shithead yeah. so, already. So yeah. already I so don't like him. Dad is covering from and he's at twenty years old already, too. Yeah. Twenty at a years point old. When you need to be held accountable for your actions yeah. anyways. You're a fucking Period. adult and your daddy's covering right. for you. What a piece of crap. Yeah. Well apparently he didn't even learn his lesson, which you didn't expect him to. No. Um he continued to steal livestock and turn around and <laughs> sell it in another area. So it was sometime in the thirties when he was caught in Harrison, Arkansas. Forging government checks. And as a result of this, he was sentenced to serve one year in the county jail. Okay. Okay. So after he was released and, you know, so that was in the 30s. It didn't say exactly when, but I'm assuming it was in the late 30s because it says after he was released in 1940, (laughs) he met a lady by the name of Faye Della Wilson. Hello, Faye Della Wilson. How are you doing? Doesn't that sound like a total, like, Arkansas... Old school name. It actually more sounds like uh, Deep South Georgia, you oh, know, yeah, kinda, like yeah. the uh, the, the coquettish kind of like, hello, my name is Faye. Yeah, like you expect her to be wearing the, like, the little wide brim hats and the exactly. button up collar. My goodness, it is a hot day out here I for show, for julep. show. <laughs> I'm going to have myself a mint julep. Would you like one, <laughs> right. Mr. Ray? Some sweet tea. Would you like some sweet um, tea? She was actually seven years younger than he was. Okay. Yeah, and she was raised in a very religious family in a cabin located in Harrison. And when people were descri- when reports were describing this cabin, it had a dirt floor. So it was like one of those Oh, dirt yeah. floor like me. Dirt like floor I was. caverns, yeah. yeah. So they were married within 6 short months after meeting each other, which even by 1944 standards was kind of quickly. 
That is pretty quick. Then again, I'm a little old-fashioned for today's standards. I believe that before you get married, you should court. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So by 1944, they had two children, and they had moved to California. It was while living there that they would eventually have a total of five children. Damn, Faye, you know how that shit happens, don't you? Uh, my My grandma and grandpa had six. Jesus Christ. But one of them, it wasn't until way later. So, yeah. Okay, your grandma and grandpa don't know how that shit happened either. I'm glad that there's books that explain that shit yeah, now. Yeah, well, and you got to figure baby booming time, you know. Ain't my, no reason to my have grandma, kids, period. My mom and one of my aunts are exactly, almost exactly one year apart. Jesus so, Christ. It's re- five yeah. fucking kids, six kids. It's reported that Ray was a violently abusive man, and he would beat his children with anything and Everything he could reach at the time, he was doing, he was doling out his punishments, including a cattle kicker, which for those who don't know, it's used to keep the cows from kicking the milker, you know, or the bucket while they're being milked. So uh, I heard some people refer to it as a cat, a cattle don't kicker or a no kicker <laughs> and cast iron skillets. Jamie, you know why he's beating those kids? Five fucking kids. Beat. I know. Five kids. Keep them alive. Well, you know, with, with my kids, and my kids are drastically different in right. ages. Um, they're about seven years apart. I remember how old my daughter is now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, about seven. No? Five, six, seven, eight years apart. Something like that. Wow. You know? Um, and even with my daughter, there's times that I just had to shake my head and go, I need a timeout. Right. It's too much. It's got to take a while. And with my son, it's more like, I need drugs. <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass. So yes. like, if I don't walk outside, take a walk around the block, I'm going to murder my kid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drown the little fucker. Oh, totally. Totally. And, I mean, I remember many times getting hit with a cast iron pipe, so I could imagine what a cast iron skillet felt like. No shit. Yeah. Since Faye was raised as a Christian fundamentalist, she believed divorce was a sin. So she wouldn't interfere or come to the aid of her children because she learned pretty quickly that he would hit her as well. Well, keep in mind, it's, it's, it's the right, time it's a different period, time. too. It was a different time. You know, at the, exactly. during that time period, the man did what he did and the woman was expected to right. pretty well shut and, the fuck up. And it was later stated exactly that, that the husband was the head of the household and she just bowed her head and took it. Yeah. Just like, you know. And by the way, I, I want to point out that I'm not condoning No, no, no. His but we actions. Have to, we have to take into account the age, it was, the era the it era was. The era it was, yeah. right. We're not saying it, it's okay. We're just saying that's what was acceptable back then. Right. And today that shit's not acceptable. At all. In the least fucking bit. And no. I do not, I want to reiterate, I do not condone. No. I, I, I condone spanking your kids. However, I don't condone beating the shit out of your kids no. or beating the shit out of your, your no. significant other. No. There's a difference between a swap for discipline and just straight up abusing. Right. Yes. Big difference. So, this is how he would keep running scams. Okay? The same year their youngest child was born, a nearby farmer accused him of stealing some of his horses. Damn horse thief, we shoot them. Right? Even though no charges were filed against him, he decided he needed to get get the hell out of that area. So he moved his family back to Arkansas. He hadn't even been back there a whole month when he was arrested for stealing some cattle and ended up serving a year at the state penitentiary in Arkansas. This is the problem, okay? This is all started off. 
I can't really blame him. I'm blaming his goddamn parents, his dad. Right. Because if you're it covering up... It sounds like they're la- he's feeling he's entitled to, and they're not telling him otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this all could have been avoided, Big Daddy, if you would have whooped his ass. Even at age 20. At age 20. Yes. I'll tell you what, even at age 20, I wasn't afraid of my dad by age 20. However, I was afraid of my grandmother. Oh, heavens, And my yes. grandma Pearlie was only like, she was like five foot even, small, small lady. Mm-hmm. But she would look me dead in the eyes. And she would say something that scares me to this day. She would, James Scott Alexander, you come right here. And even thinking about that, my asshole puckered up. <laughs> now, yeah. I'm a big guy today. Right. Um, at the time, because I've shrank a couple of inches because I have a back injury. I was six foot tall and... Um, at my best weight, I was like 230 of solid muscle. Right. I know to this day, my grandma, if she was alive... Would have whooped your ass. Could She can kick my ass. She, her ghost can probably kick my ass to probably. this day. Probably. No, so, I There should I have been some you. ass kicking going yeah, on. Yeah, my grandpa unfortunately died when I was 13. And my grandma was a very stern woman. But yeah, she used to scare the piss out of me. But... um after he was released from there, he would move his family to Missouri. 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 Yeah. For those from that area, it's Missouri. <laughs> um, where he was again arrested for stealing cattle. <coughs> Thus began his cycle of moving the family around, remaining a cattle thief and getting arrested for forging checks on a regular basis. Eventually, though, they were able to purchase a 40-acre farm in Mooresville, Missouri, and but it was Faye that supported the farm by working in a factory at first and later as a maid at a local motel. Oh, so Ray's not even keeping his end of the man bargain. Uh, no, not really. He's going out stealing cattle and getting in trouble and forging checks. You know, I already were early into this episode. I don't so much like you, Ray, and I know you're dead, but kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. It's a man's job to support his family. Yeah. Unless he can't. Unless right. He literally can't. Exactly. And so it was while they were living on this farm, he came up with another, a different scheme. And it involved using drifters to use forged checks to buy cattle at the auctions. Here's how it worked. Um, oh, no. Okay, no, this is a different, this is a different time. This is what ha- he would, you know, they would go to the cattle auctions. He would write a check that he knew was going to bounce. For the checks. Yeah, for the cattle. And by the time the checks bounced at the bank, he was able to sell the livestock. And the drifter he used um, would have moved on to the next town. Okay? So there was like nothing could be done. Kind of ingenious. Yeah. So he actually got away with it many times. That is until one of the drifters actually ended up getting caught. And he wound up confessing everything to the authorities. At which time, Ray was once again arrested and sentenced to jail time for forgery. Dang, Ray, you must like jail a lot. Yeah, well... He's not going to a Pensram jail, obviously. Obviously not, which, odd, because it's in that t- area. Right, right, same area, same, mm-hmm. you know, same time period. And I love referencing Carl Pensram. Me too. Because I just love that man. Me too. Um, and his story. But obviously... If Ray is getting the shit beat out of him all the time by the guards and things... You'd think he'd change his way. It's not setting into his very limited way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, no. Um, So after doing this last stint in jail, he knew he had to be smarter about things. 
Yeah, because God forbid you actually earn a you know a decent living. A decent living. Right. You just got to be a better thief. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I dig. Notice, and then I go on to say, notice I didn't say he had to stop doing these things altogether. He just knew he had to be smarter. So, mainly because I don't think he actually knew how, nor did he want to make a change in his life. No, he doesn't. He enjoys what he does. Yeah, pretty much. So, he came up with a new plan. And this is how it worked. Ray would go to the local missions and shelters that were scattered about around the nearby towns and offer these men, you know, these transients, $50 a week, along with room and board to help him out on the farm. Okay? As you could just about imagine... This seemed like an amazing opportunity to these That's men. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Back That's then, good, $50 yeah. a week was a lot of money. That goes a long way back <laughs> in the teens. A deal that almost seemed too good to be true. And it was. Um, Ray would front the man $200 and give have him open a checking account in their name. Having them and use a P.O. box as their address. Okay. After this, he would take that man to a cattle auction and give the guy a signal as to which cattle to bid on and for what price. After the bid was won, the man in question would pay for it with a check, one of his checks, which would clear at first. Okay. Then they would go, they would go sell the cattle and do it again. Only the next few times, the checks wouldn't clear. Okay, and I'm thinking it's because that original two hundred dollars didn't clear Ray's bank. You know what I'm saying? So, however, Ray could have been such a better businessman. I know. However, by then Ray would have already sold the cattle, and the homeless man would be gone. Okay, so it this went on for quite a while, and by 1986. Uh, Dennis Murphy was one of these homeless men. Um, he actually became wanted for writing bad checks at the cattle auctions, and authorities had learned it was Ray's trailer that had been seen taking the cattle away. And this is by 1986. So, a lot of time had passed when he was doing all this crap. Jesus, he had okay. to be old as shit. Yeah. So, they went to the farm and questioned the Copelands and De- about Dennis, and the couple said that Dennis had also written them bad checks. And they didn't know where he was as he had just up and left the farm one day. Okay? (laughs) Since he was a known drifter, the sheriff believed their story and went about trying to find Dennis somewhere else. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, well, it wasn't very long again before a deputy from another county came to the farm looking for yet another man. A guy by the name of Wayne Warner. The Copelands told this deputy the same story. As it turned out, there were a total of seven men from the various nearby counties wanted for forging checks at the cattle auctions throughout the area. All of them were missing, and all of them had a connection to none other than Ray Copeland. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. In every case, the authorities believed the story that the Copelands maintained, that they, too, were victims of these drifters. That makes sense. They're drifters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Perfect scapegoats, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that story was believed until 1989, when a tip came that broke this case wide open. Jack McCormick called the authorities in Missouri from Nebraska. Oh, okay. He proceeded to tell them he believed he saw human remains on the Copeland farm. Authorities were able to obtain a search warrant, and they took 
And they took with them to search the property a cadaver dog. Now, mind you, they only had a warrant to search the property. Right. Okay. However, nothing was found. And they actually went and got McCormick and brought, took him into custody and was questioning him. Like, why would you make this claim if it's not true? Right. While he was being questioned, he recanted his statement about the human remains, but he did give them something else. And he told them something. At, oh, he told them something about the check cashing scheme Ray had recruited him for. Ha <laughs> So this to them made more sense. So it was after he told them about this, the check cashing scheme, that he informed them he was deathly scared of Ray. He told them about one night when Ray asked him to come to a neighbor's barn saying he had to shoot a raccoon that had gotten in there. Allegedly, Ray had his twenty-two bolt-action rifle with him when he and McCormick went to the barn. However, somewhere along the route, McCormick became very nervous and kept his eye on Ray. When he took a stick to get the raccoon out, as Ray in, you know, advised, you know, told him to do... He turned around and Ray had the twenty-two pointed right at his head. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, apparently, he, as he told the authorities, he was able to get away by telling Ray he would leave town and never come back. Ray, does this mean I'm fired? <laughs> right? <laughs> do, do you not want me to come to work tomorrow? <laughs> this tells me there might be a problem between us. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> Just wait for you to confirm that. But before he left... He told Ray he wanted to make good on the bad check he had written, and he convinced the man to take him to the bank where he so he could deposit his own earnings to cover it. Okay. Okay. Ray actually took him to the bank, at which point McCormick took that opportunity to sneak out the back door, and he hid at a nearby used car lot. Sounds like he's smarter than Ray. Yeah. So while he was on the lot, he was actually able to convince the salesman that he wanted to take a car for a test drive. Um, I'm going to put this in perspective. It was around this time also, my grandpa wanted to buy a new van. And the dealership actually gave him the keys to test drive this car for a whole week. Um, was it a panel van that was white? It was actually a white car, a cream-colored car. <laughs> yes. They put, put free candy on the side? No, but you know what he did do? I told you about this. He reformatted the inside to have carpet behind the bench seat, and he put in a twin bed that pulled out into a double and everything, because him and he had wood paneling up, because him and my grandma would do a lot of traveling, and they'd use the van to haul the RV, but they didn't want to, you know, always sleep in the RV. When they stopped at rest stops, so they just sleep in that's the back a good, of the van. That's a good excuse. That's, I, I want yeah. it for very much different reasons. That was reasons. my grandpa-pa. <laughs> he was actually a very handy man, but, you know. I want, it, I want a van like that for way different reasons. I know you do. I know you do. You want the Shagmobile from that 70s show, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would, drive through all, I would drive up to all the old folks' homes. <laughs> you disgusting fuck. Anyways, so he test drove. That car all the way to Nebraska where he stopped to call the police. <laughs> right? So, although there were no remains on the Copeland farm, other things were starting to add up to the officer, the officials. Right. Yeah. There were a total of seven missing men, all wanted for passing forged checks at cattle auctions. With all seven of these men also had in common was a connection that could be traced back to the Copeland farm. This is some Blue's Clues shit going on. It was. So they 
received. Oh, around this time, though, they received yet one more tip. The tip was from a local saying that Ray would often work at a neighbor's farm. And one of the barns on this farm had begun to smell like a dead animal. My son smells like a dead animal unless I tell him to shower. Um, yeah, but I don't think he smells like a rotting animal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm done. <laughs> Come here midweek. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, so they actually went about to search the property because they had permission from the farmer and found a shallow grave in that barn that held the skeletal remains of three men. All three sets of remains showed a 22 caliber bullet in the head. In another barn, they found another body with another one with another being found in a well. The last body was actually wearing a belt that had the name Dennis stamped on it. <laughs> oh, damn, busted. Which I'm wondering, that's fucking gross, had him in the well. Was this the well that was connected to the house or just the barn? That's Either way, Kind of wondering the same thing. Disgusting. Is that the drinking water? I know, right? I have well water. It just grossed me out. Hmm, why does this taste kind of odd? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why does it smell even smells, worse than normal? Smells funny. Yeah. We don't have any Brita filters yet. No. So the authorities, again, obtained a search warrant um, for the Copelands, and this time the warrant included the house. There, there they found clothing items that belonged to the men, as well as a list of the men's names tucked away in a camera case. Some of the names on the list had an X next to them. Almost every one of the names was that of a man wanted in connection with the check fraud scheme Ray had cooked up that Copeland had, I mean, that McCormick had told him about. My God, it's like the butcher baker, but in hillbilly form. Yeah, pretty much it seems like it. Yeah, not a map where the X is. But, well, right, but he's got you the know, X's, he's got a list of yeah. names, yeah. Yeah. Since the men were transients, it was a hard task to identify the bodies because almost all medical or dental records were either quite old or in most cases non-existent. Okay, the authorities had to resort to other means of identification. For instance, I put instinct. Good thing I'm reading out loud. <laughs> this is why I read them out loud anyways. Um, Dennis Murphy was identified with the odd shape of his mandibular condyle, which is the joint of the jawbone, mm -hmm. you know. And forensic science would actually later identify the bodies of to be the, some of the other bodies to be those of Paul Cowart, James Harvey, John Freeman, and Wayne Warner. Okay? All of them would have an X next to their name on the list. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Now, in 1989, um, Ray and Faye were actually each charged with five counts of murder. Prosecutors chose to try them separately as opposed to a joint trial, and Faye's trial would be first. Okay. She was found guilty on all five counts and subsequently sentenced to death by lethal injection. All right. Ray's trial would soon follow with the same results. So at age 76, Ray, and 69, Faye, they were the oldest couple in American history to ever receive the death penalty. Did they get to hold hands while they're being injected? They didn't make it that far. Oh, how, bummer. How long? You know how long it takes to get the 
death penalty follows That's through. That's true. They, this is the 60s, 60s and 70s, so before they'd actually get the death penalty, they'd have to be Probably like... before their even first appeal went through. Yeah, they'd have to be like 510 years old. <laughs> Pretty much. Speed that so, shit up, Arkansas. This is where... um. Not skeptics so much as um, people who have actually really studied the court documents and stuff and all that stuff kind of like say that Faye got the raw end of the deal. I think she did. I'll explain why. I kind of do too, but I'll explain why. According to Faye's son and her court-appointed attorney, she was just an old lady married to a devious man who resorted to killing to hide the fact that he was still running schemes. Okay? Okay. She, they say, she had nothing to do with, nor did she know anything about his actions. The jury convicted her based on two pieces of circumstantial evidence. Hmm. Okay? Number one was the list that was found in the camera case. Number two was a quilt she had made using the clothing that belonged to the dead men. Neither of which they say proves she had knowledge of the actual murders. I agree, doesn't. Okay. They maintain she suffered from a textbook case of battered woman syndrome. She was the victim of decades of abuse and control. Her attorney <laughs> argued she had the classic learned helplessness that made her unquestionably compliant. It was common for her, no matter what Ray said or did, not to ask any questions because she was afraid of the repercussions. Okay? The prosecutor even offered her a plea deal in exchange for her testimony, but she turned it down saying she had no information to give them. She couldn't tell them where any bodies may be because she knew nothing about any murders. Okay? So, they proceeded and sought the death penalty. Okay. This is the sad part. She was even seen by a psychologist who stated she was a classic example of a woman who suffered from battered women's syndrome. However, on a technicality, a freaking technicality, this statement was excluded from the trial. The jury didn't hear any testimony or evidence about this abuse she suffered at the hands of Ray or how he controlled her, how he controlled her was allowed in her defense. Why not? Because the technicality somehow prevented it. It didn't go into what te the technicality was. There shouldn't have been a technicality because as I understand the court system, your attorney is allowed to present any and all information to prove your innocence. Right. Unless, of course... <laughs> It wasn't disclosed to the prosecution because they have to turn over all evidence and vice versa. Yeah. Okay. Or there could have been something else. We don't know. I have no... I, like I said, I didn't pull court records, so I don't know what that technicality was. Um, she was only convicted on the two pieces of evidence that were very flimsy at best. The quilt and the list. So that okay. shouldn't have been allowed. Right. It's thought, and I kind of agree with this, that Ray most likely told her to write the list. Since he was illiterate, she often was tasked with anything that required, uh, mm -hmm. had anything to do with reading and writing. Glad I kept my mouth shut because I was going to go with that early on when they found the list. Oh, yeah. It said Ray even told her what names to put an X by. 
There could be several reasons for the marking, such as the man left or no longer wanted to participate in the joint venture. Okay? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And as far as the quilt goes, many maintain that it was innocent in nature as well. Since these men left and seemed to leave articles of their clothing behind, being the thrifty country woman she was raised to be, she simply recycled the material rather than just let it go to waste, making the quilt by no means signifies knowledge of their demise. I was going to go with that, too. I'm so glad that I've learned to keep my mouth shut a little bit. A little bit. Sometimes not so much, but sometimes you do. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. As soon as you said the list, I'm thinking, wait a minute. It couldn't have been yeah. done by Ray because he dropped out in the fourth grade. He was fucking illiterate. Right. He wouldn't know an X from an O. Exactly. Pretty much exactly it right there. I mean, probably the only thing he knew what an X was was to sign his name because that's what they did if right. they were illiterate. They- and for the quote made out of the clothes, I was thinking, they, like I said, the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these aren't exactly rich people. Exactly. They grew up in the Depression. Yeah. So she's looking at the, these clothes that have been left behind mm-hmm. and going, hey, I can wash these up. I'll make a quilt out of it. Yeah. Precisely. You know? No, I mean, I get into it more in my final thoughts, but it's basically they're saying and her son's maintaining that Ray was controlling until the very end. Um, So if this establishes that Ray controlled every aspect of Faye's life, making it as utterly miserable as he could for decades, this next part should come as no surprise. He continued to control her even after he died in jail in 1993. Oh? I believe it's the fear alone. You know what I mean? You have it ingrained in you that you have that fear of somebody. It doesn't matter if they're around or not. You, you're scared to death of them. You just said it about your grandma, you know? Oh, yes. Let's talk about behavioral conditioning because I think that she yeah. falls into this. She's raised piss-ass poor. It's mm-hmm. cabin with a dirt floor. So I can't imagine that. I imagine their, her parents probably did love her. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't the coddling that we get today. I'm pretty sure that dad was probably a little firm. Probably was because that's, that that's makes sense. era, that's, yes. You're talking the era. You're talking the mm-hmm. religion. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child. In the South, Bible Belt. Yeah, and you're in the Bible Belt. So probably fairly firm. Mm-hmm. So she she develops a fear, probably a healthy fear. Probably. Of, uh, of authority. Of authority, mm-hmm. which makes sense because. We should I all think, have that. I think that every, the dumbest thing that I've ever read, and this is in modern teachings when it comes to uh, child development, your child should never fear their parents' bullshit. There's a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. Right. Yes. <clears throat> so she probably had a healthy fear. So then she meets Ray. Now, no relationship starts off day one like, hi, my name's Ray. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, That's no, not developed. at all. Every abusive relationship mm-hmm. is a progression. It starts off with little tiny things, and it progresses, and it progresses, and it progresses. Because the abuser needs to make sure that they can get away with it, first of all. They need to train you. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's behavioral conditioning. They're conditioning you to react to specific mm-hmm. stimuli. Exactly. Without them being raised too stupid to have even thought of those yeah. words, but like okay. Like dog. So mm-hmm. now you're beating the shit out of your kids. You're beating the shit out of your wife. Mm-hmm. Of course, she probably didn't know about the killings. Yeah. You know, what was her job at the end of the day? Shut the fuck up. And do exactly what she was told. And do what you're told. Mm-hmm. That was her job. Mm-hmm. So, fair enough. I don't think that she really mm-hmm. had anything to do with it. I think this was all Ray's deal. Right. Because she was, it sounds to me like she was conditioned to always fear him. 
Yes. Never reveal anything that she may or may not know. Any information at all. Because that fear lies deep in her. Deep, yeah. deep in her. Now you're talking, she's like in her late 60s. She's 69 years old. Right. Imagine. In 89. So she's like well into her 70s in 93. Yeah. Right. So she still has that deep-seated fear and it's conditioned. You know, you right. want, maybe she does want to. Even if she knew everything about the killings, okay? Maybe she knew, let's just say as a hypothetical that there's 10 more bodies. Right. And she knows exactly where they're at. Well, that conditioning... Even oh, yeah. though he's dead, right, is going to prohib- prohibit her from doing that. Well, and that also goes along. I mean, to put it in today's modern times, let's look at the um, what's his name, William Jeffers, the fundamentalist who had that compound where he was marrying his daughters, and you know the. 13 oh. and 14 years old, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I Any- vaguely remember. Yeah. Anyways. Even to the point where he was in jail and he no longer had that domineering face-to-face control over people, these girls were like, no, he's, he's the prophet. He's this, you know. You know they, that goes a little deeper. That is selling right. an ideology. That is too, but I'm just saying that it's that control, that fear. Oh, 100%. Control. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, abuse comes down to one thing, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Control. Exactly. And there's, there's several ways... That you can control a person. Oh, very much so. Um, and one of them, of course, is through abuse. There's other ways, like when I have to deal with employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very direct. You know that about me. I don't beat around the bush. I'm very no. direct. No, but I'm not abusive. No. To, to I don't think anybody. Mm-mm. And um, that's how I control. But you also don't put up with stupidity. Either. I don't put up with stupidity. Yeah, but there's and, a difference. And everybody who knows me knows that. Mm-hmm. Everybody who knows me on a personal level is, you know... I understand making mistakes, but if it's purely stupid, I'm going to call you out on it. Right. And I'm going to be very fucking direct about it. Yeah. But I'm not going to be abusive. I'm going to be like, you're a stupid piece of shit. Like that. I'm going to, you know, hey, that wasn't a smart deal, was it? Yeah. So tell me why you did it. Yeah. That explain way. to me exactly why this fucking happened. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there, there, there's a positive way and a negative way. Because, okay. We all have controlling behaviors, and sometimes it's justified. Right. For example, because some people, you know, and I've heard people, you should never have controlling behaviors. Bullshit. What about with your kids? You have to have controlling behaviors. Because when you tell little Billy, hey, it's time to go to bed, and he says no, well, if you're not controlling. And there's no repercussions. That kid's going to walk on you. Yeah, and then you get that piece- kid's going to turn out to be a serial killer later. Yeah, and then you're going to get some garbage like this Ray Copeland dude. Right. Is what's going to happen. Exactly. Okay, however, if you're firm and going, you don't understand. I'm the adult, you're the child. Right. You're getting your ass into bed, mm-hmm. and this is not negotiable. Exactly. It sets a different tone, mm-hmm. because now that child knows what to expect. So that's a positive controlling right. behavior. However... If you look at your your kid and you go, it's time to go to bed, and they say, I don't want to, and you backhand them. Oh, yeah. That's a different, you're still controlling behavior. It's a negative controlling right. behavior because now you're controlling through abuse and fear. Right. Because the kids They not, don't have a healthy fear anymore of you. They just have a fear fear. Right. Yeah. You know, because if everything ends in an abusive action, like something mm-hmm. simple like it's time to go to bed, because we've all argued with our kids, oh, yeah. time to go to bed, Please. you know, that's fairly mild right they sit there and wonder what's gonna happen when i do something major what what if i make a mistake 
Right. What if I break a dish by accident? Exactly. What's exactly. the rub? Because that's something that's bigger. Exactly. What's going to happen? Exactly. So Ray's controlling Faye, mm-hmm. or was, through this, and his children too, through the, these very specific actions that oh, are yeah. negative controlling. Mm-hmm. And as I said, abusive and violent. Exactly. Totally. And uh, so, yeah, I totally understand why she would say, hey, I can't tell you. You know, I've yeah, got no I information. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah no idea. No right. idea. And it's very possible that she didn't have any idea. I Yeah. No, totally. Because she, to him, could have just been a piece of furniture. Yeah. I mean, I'll get more into it in, in my final thoughts and stuff. But um, even after he died, and I think one appeal was being seen at the time um she was never exonerated they did however commute her sentence to life in prison in 1989 and in 2002 she had suffered a stroke and was issued a compassionate release into a nursing home and she would die later that year see that's so not fair here's a lady from what i understand without reading truly into her story super deep right she has gone through decades of this abuse Mm -hmm. only to be thrown into prison for something that she didn't do that you can't prove that she did right to being to having a stroke to being moved into a nursing home so it's that's a pretty shit life yeah and i actually have a lot of in her twilight years where she should be enjoying right i have a lot of sadness for faye copeland me too. I mean, I'll, like I said, I have more in my final thoughts, but I mean, and this is a perspective from some other people, especially people in that area. Okay. Okay. We have to look at it at that too. To many who to this day believe she was an, um, an active and willing participant in the actions of her husband, Ray. They view her as nothing more than a cold blooded killer. They maintained that she was not an abused wife who received nothing but beatings, verbal or physical, from her husband. However, since the jury couldn't hear the evidence, we are ultimately left not knowing the truth. Us as a public. Okay. okay? So we have this one side that says she's guilty, this other side that says she's not. And since they didn't hear all the evidence, there's nothing, no court of law proving either, really. Either way. I can prove she's innocent using logic, but go ahead. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying what they're saying. No, I dig, but here's <laughs> your final thoughts. I'm going to give you my logic to prove to our okay. listeners okay. she's innocent. Let me go on. <laughs> um, one thing that we can know for certain is that besides the five known victims, there were also seven other men who were dead, and the Copelands were suspects in those deaths as well. So if they did know anything about them... She went to her grave with that knowledge because she didn't share it with anybody. Nobody. Okay? Now, my final thoughts. You ready? Yep. Okay. I admit I chose this case from the list for the simple fact it involved two people well into their retirement years who were sentenced to death. Good reason, yeah. Okay? Because I would think that at that age, you're like, you know what? You're not going to last very long anyways. You know? Honestly, when I got further and further into their story, I couldn't help but compare them on some levels to my own grandparents. Oh, okay. Who grew, who were growing up at that exact same time in the Midwest. 
Um, like I said, who coincidentally hailed from the Midwest. However, that's where the similarity somewhat ended. Oh, I'm glad that you said that because I started no. thinking, wait a minute, you're about ready to tell me your grandpa no. beat the shit out of no. your grandma? Because my grandfather was a very hard worker who took very good care of his family, often holding down multiple jobs, none of which included defrauding or murdering people. That's okay. Awful. He was never, I mean, I never saw him be abusive to my grandmother. He always referred to her as mother, was always kind to her, did expect her to cook his meals for him, but that was that era. You know what I mean? Okay, but even in this day and age, to be honest, if I'm busting my ass and my wife is right. at home, I would, uh, you can call me sexist if you want, no, folks. But, Not you, but I'm talking about our listeners. But no, this is, I understand. You're, you're a housewife, your, your job is to take care of the house, which includes, when I get home, cooking meals. Yeah. Well, I am the type of person anyways, even if I'm working too, if I notice I'm home before you, I will automatically, okay, you know, I guess I should cook. If not, I will order takeout and have it there when you get there. Whatever, you'll have a meal there. And I I mean, I was with this one guy that I got up every morning before he went to work and made his lunch, packed it for him before he left because, you know, whatever. That's just who I am. I like to help people. Okay, so... I was intrigued to find out what would drive a man to do such things at such an advanced age. So, I'm going to pose this first question to you, and then I'm going to continue on with my thoughts. Do you believe his actions were nature or nurture? Nurture. And let me tell you why. I know I'm going to agree with you because I'm thinking the same thing. No goddamn discipline when he first started fucking up. Exactly. And it makes me wonder, as a child... What he got away with. Like, you know, what was Before he... he was 20. Right. Yeah. So you have daddy over there going, it's okay. It's okay. Well, I'm going to make up some. I'm going to cover for you. That is total you know, nurture. It almost... But it's not nurturing the way that we normally would no, say it. No. Normally nurture is like, dad was a murderer or something. You're no. all beat the shit out of him. No. This is nurture because his parents seem to have kissed his ass. Right. And it kind of brings up Charles Albright. Remember how his mother... Was always covering for him and yes. she wanted to do his jail sentence for him when he got in trouble when he was yeah, younger. Yeah, that's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's like if you don't put forth the boundaries and set the limits and instill the repercussions for the actions, they're going to keep doing it, which is a nur- you're nurturing that entitlement. Exactly. Yes. And entitlement can go many ways. It doesn't mean that your kid's going to be a fucking serial killer. No. But it definitely contributes to other less desirable activities right the way that they approach people the way they talk to people yeah um the way they interact you know one thing that i demand of my kids is that you have good manners oh precisely and i'm I'm huge oh yes on good manners oh and by golly i i mean i'm huge on it too and you know for those women out there and i'm sorry if you're one of them but if you don't like to be called ma'am, get the fuck over it. Because to me, it's a sign of respect. Oh, my God. It has nothing to do my with your age. <laughs> Especially out here on the West Coast. Oh, totally, totally. Because I'm for, I mention my age all the time. I'm 47 years old. And I still say, even the people that are around my same, same age are, oh, yeah. yes, ma'am. Even younger no, ma'am. than me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm a yes, sir, no, sir type of a person. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't mean that as a, any form of disrespect. Quite Not the at opposite. Because that's the way I was. That's my behavioral conditioning. Mm-hmm. Is always having good manners. And I expect that out of my children as well. Yeah. 
Because uh, I have an aunt on my my dad's side who I every time I see her, I go. She'll ask me a question. I'll go, no, ma'am. And she goes, stop calling me, ma'am. I don't like it. I think I'm old. I said, you know what? I I'm sorry if that's how you feel. And I do say, I go, sorry if that's how you feel, ma'am. However, I cannot stop saying it because it's been ingrained in me. And to me, whenever I can't call somebody, especially somebody who's an elder to me, ma'am, honest to God, I feel like I'm being so disrespectful. Me too. Me too. I actually feel bad about myself. Mm-hmm. It lowers my own self-esteem and yeah. my self-worth because no, totally. I sit there and think to myself, let's go back to my grandma. What would grandma Pearly think of me right now? Oh, yeah. If I was addressing this woman, if they, they can say like, oh, don't call me ma'am, call me Margaret. If I call this woman Margaret, I could have my grandma Pearly looking down at me right now. And I'm, I don't believe in like a heaven and hell thing. No, but, but I know what you're saying. What if her spirit, because I do believe in ghosts, is looking at me and I'm calling her this lady by Something's her first gonna name. Something's going to come flying across the room and hit you in the head. Grandma Pearly might whoop my fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the bare minimum, she might be disappointed. She might be looking at me going, mm-hmm. boy, I raised you better than that. Why are you calling totally. this woman by her first name? You should totally. be saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Right. My grandpa walked with a cane, and to this day, if I don't get up when somebody who's older than me walks yep. into a room, I expect that cane to be wrapped against the back of my legs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I was going to bring up the same thing. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm sitting anywhere, like even at, at the doctor's office. Oh, yeah. And if it's packed there and I see somebody who is you know elderly walk in, mm-hmm. I don't care if I've been on my feet all day. And this has happened where I've been on my feet all day long and my dogs are tired. Tired, or your knee is hurt, you know, because we and God, I, you my, and I both suffer from bad joints and my shit, freaking yeah. left knee is tired. Yeah, and it's happened where I've actually gotten up, and this is happening even with cellulitis when I had cellulitis in my left leg, and I will offer the person my seat, mm-hmm. and the, you know, and when that happened, ladies, son, you don't need to do that. It's okay because I see your legs all bandaged. I was said, no, ma'am, this seat's yours, right? And, and it, I will lean against the wall. Me more than these teenagers on the max. Thing that won't get up for the elderly or a pregnant woman. Max is our local train system. Yes, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, it's our light rail. Oh no, no, those, those are the kids. I seriously, if it wasn't, if I thought we could get away with it and not go to jail for a long period of you time, wrap them in the back of the head with their. I, I, I would slug them. Yeah, because it's so disrespectful. Yeah. so fucking disrespectful. Yeah, not to do that, and I get on a high horse with that because I respect the elderly so much even the bitchy ones oh, me too they've lived their whole damn life they deserve to be bitchy yeah, yeah. you know if, if and, an old yeah. person wants to bitch at me that's fine i yeah. just, just well, i write it out yeah and a lot of that has on my side has to do with a the fact my grandparents you know because i lived with my maternal grandparents for the majority of my life and also because my mom worked in geriatric nursing oh yeah that'll do you it. know what i mean so i have i have nothing but respect for them nothing yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Okay, so you were going to go on with that since we I went was, off on a no. on your question tangent and I got up on my no, soapbox. No, I also want to say that I myself have seen firsthand what just a few years of constant abuse can do to a woman. I can't imagine what decades of it could do. I have seen somebody who is very near and dear to me go from a very outgoing person who would socialize with everybody to be somebody who would rather stay at home than do anything else. Okay, so... And as far as that quilt is concerned, as being evidence, my grandmother grew up around the same time as faded because my grandma was born, I think, in 1920. Um, and she wouldn't throw away moldy bread. Yep. I, can, I mean, we had egg cartons piled up. We had margarine containers. We had it all in our house. I can just imagine what she would do with articles of clothing left at her place. 
of someone she thought had just up and left. So, her making a quilt is not far-fetched to me at all. No, I was just saying, same with my family, you know. You cut the mold off of it. How about the cheese? Cut the mold off of it. And, okay, I'll admit that I've become kind of a sissy when it comes to that. Oh, me too. Because I buy good cheese. I'm not that poor. I I love Tillamook cheese, and it's a little on the spendy side, as well as I've got gourmet cheeses and shit like that, normally. He's a food snob. I am, totally. But I'll tell you what, I don't care what that cheese costs. Oh, no, me neither. I could have spent 40, 50 bucks on Mm -hmm. it. If it's got a piece of mold on it, I ain't cutting the shit off. I have to tell my garbage. I always tell her all the time, because she will cut mold off cheese. I look at her and said, we are not that poor. Throw that away. I'll get you some more. Which doesn't actually, in hindsight, make any sense, because, you know, cheese is moldy milk. Somewhat, yeah. yeah. Especially blue cheese. Yeah. Uh, but, I'll, but I'll chuck it just mm-hmm. just because, to me, it's it's just Oh, gross. yeah. Totally. I mean, and this is going to sound gross, but, you know, because of the era my grandma was raised in, when my mom and her brothers and sisters were in their, you know... Up until their teen years, uh, my grandma and grandpa would always go get those tins of Danish cookies. You know which ones I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Those fucking yes. delicious buttery cookies that I love to this day. <laughs> those are great with a good glass of milk. They are. Or coffee. Anyways, Ooh, yeah. so she would have these tins, but they were kept in the closet. Well, living on the farm, you can imagine they had mice problems. Yeah, of course. Okay? So when company would come over, the kids would go get these tins because they'd have to serve cookies to the company. And they would, my grandma would be going through them, try to pick out cookies and notice that the mice had eaten off of them. So she would just kind of break off the pieces where the mice had eaten and serve them anyways. That's the era she grew up in. No, that make, you makes sense. You didn't waste shit. That was the way that I was raised too. Yeah. You didn't, nothing went to waste at our house. Yeah. No. Because we were that poor. But, you know, your grandma was raised the same way. Piss-ass poor. Yeah. You don't let anything go to waste, you know. And now, like I said, I'm, I am a total fucking food snob. 100%. I believe oh. in eating well. Um, yeah. Sometimes I eat way too much. And that's yeah. evident by my waistline currently. Well, I'll be honest. He's a damn good cook. I like <laughs> coming over here because he always cooks me a meal. So I I'm love happy it. with that. Wait till tonight. I've got something special. I'm you actually, have something special planned? Yeah. My, my son, Jacob, is at work, uh-huh. um, as, as you know, our listeners didn't. And uh, I'm going to actually make him up a plate of food because he he is losing weight. Oh, good for him. Which is amazing. Like his pants that, I, that, he's, that he was yeah, wearing out here. Yeah, he's working now and he's more active and moving around. They're actually yeah. loose on him. Oh, good. The and new ones that we just, you just bought? That I just bought. Wow. And... They weren't cheap, but you know what? I'll happily buy him another pair, more pairs of jeans to to fit his butt because he's doing good. Well, that's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm pretty proud of my kid. He doesn't miss work. He goes to work. He bitches a lot, but in you hindsight, know, in considering what you what we were thinking, though, that's actually a pretty good work ethic. It is. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing really well for it being his first job. But yeah, um, I don't. I I eat excellent foods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you pretty much spare no cost when it comes to good meats and shit like that. Yeah, and that's honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody in on a secret. When I first started building my company, mm-hmm. it wasn't just for money. I have a fear that supersedes my fear of spiders, and I have a huge. I'm highly arachnophobic. I'm waiting to find a spider that he screams at because I want to hear him scream like a little girl. It doesn't take much, except it can't be a flying spider like what my <laughs> like son said. Like your son that one time. That was so funny. <laughs> Even when my personal company was making millions. Right. In my head, and this is why I work so many fucking hours, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that tomorrow I'm going to starve. 
No, and I, I get that fear. I get I've, that fear. I get the I, and it's and I, it's not even logical. No, it's at not. Why that but is. I I understand it because you went through it for your formative years. Yeah, like even when I'm sick and I got to take a day or two off and I'm laying in bed dying, mm-hmm. my brain is still going. You realize tomorrow there's not going to be any food, right? Like, all your food's going to be gone tomorrow. And my my kitchen is so stocked that even tonight, like, before I go grocery shopping, I got to clear out the fridge because it's just stuff that's expired. Yeah, I noticed but, um, that when I went to go make a sandwich. Yeah, it's, it's time to do a little clean, clean. Yeah, I was um, going through it. I was like, damn, Gina. <laughs> I just don't have time. I work seven days a week. I know, I know. But that is, honestly, that's my greatest fear is that tomorrow, if I don't work, right. there won't be any food in this house. And I'm going to, I'm going to die of starvation. Right. You know, or go hungry. Right. And that's also the reason why I believe in feeding everybody. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know, and it could be my worst enemy that comes to the door. I'll feed them. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody should starve. No. You're, you're, I mean, you often say to me, you know where the damn kitchen is. You know where the damn food is. If you leave my house hungry, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. Same with anybody who comes here. Yeah. If you leave my house hungry, and this is for all of our listening audience, too, if you ever get to know me on a personal level, if you leave my house and you're hungry, dude... It's your own fucking fault. Exactly. I will feed anybody. Yeah. No. And, you know, so like I said, I totally see where she was literally just a victim of the circumstance where her husband controlled her. She's the only one that can read and write amongst the two of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, of course, that list can be in her handwriting. Of course. Her making a quilt. Has nothing to do with the fact that she knew these guys were murdered. She just thought they weren't coming back anymore, and she's not going to let those clothes get dusty. And plus, how much money do you think that Ray actually gave Faye? Probably none. None. If he's if he is her, has her going out working in a factory and a motel to support this farm, yeah. Then obviously he's not giving her jack shit. So yeah, she's just. He's probably, and I know it doesn't say it, but I'm just venturing to say he's probably a gambling alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It could be. That's all. Like, I mean, that's what I picture in my head. Or he's just he's using the money to better himself, as far as like you know, maybe he's got all the new clothes. Oh, that could be. And too. you know, he could have that brand new trailer because he's spoiled. He has yeah. a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Right. And in his mind, the kids and her probably don't deserve exactly. nothing. And if he does give anything, just given what I know about the history of abuse in general, not mm-hmm. just Ray, but everybody else, every time that he does do something, then he gets on a high horse at how he's the one who's supporting everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, what, that's my view on him. Yeah, I think that exactly. he was garbage. And, and I'm I sorry, I think he is less of a man by letting her take the fall with him. Oh, Whether totally. she was had any part in it or not, if he was any sort of a man, he would have been like, nope, it was all me. No, totally. Yeah. 100%. It's just it's really sad that Faye had to go down like that mm-hmm. and spend her twilight years at the end of her fucking life. Exactly. Going through that shit. That's Because could that's you imagine jacked. what he put her through the entire time that they were married from yeah. 1940 on? To the fact that he was still putting her through. I mean, she was still suffering at his hands even after he died because mm-hmm. of what he did. Yeah, it's that constant control over mm-hmm. all, more than 40 years of constant control. Exactly. It's, like I said, behavioral conditioning. Mm-hmm. And it's, I got, I got the feels for Faye, man. I do too. I do too. You know what? I'm putting her right up there next to Carl Panzram in my book. Huh? I'll give you that one. I yeah. will give you that one. I think Faye Copeland and Carl Pinsram are down with yeah. two faves. That, that, well, yeah, that, we, I we think she more. really got the raw end of the deal. She did. 
That's hey, maybe up. they could meet up with each other now in the afterlife and get together, huh? That would be awesome. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Faye, me, dumb. Carl. Carl, me, Faye. There. To, we try not to rape and kill anybody, Carl. <laughs> well, he wasn't had no proclivity towards doing that towards women. Except for the one time. Except for the one time. But I think that was more because he didn't know how to interact with a woman. No, that makes sense because that, yeah. that's a whole different psychological profiling yeah, exactly. going on. <laughs> totally. And it's, I mean, it takes actually a lot of practice to deal with the opposite sex. Trust me. Oh, yes, it does. I, I practice on a blow-up doll constantly. I thought we were going somewhere good with this for <laughs> just a second. Should have known better. Should have known better. It's me for Should have known sake. better than to trust a friend, right? <laughs> but no. So that's all I have on them. And I'm really curious to know. Have what our list, you know, have our listeners weigh in on this one to see what they think. That would be good. Yes, yeah, so let know, us know what you think about that. This is a very de- debatable topic, and I want to hear all sides of it. Very post that uh, the, those questions on social I, media. They, so that way, there we can get. They will energy. be as well as in our blog posts that we'll have up there. So oh, that's probably a good idea too, huh? <laughs> Thumbs up, yeah. <clears throat> all right, this has been Brutal Nation. All rights reserved, copyright 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. Remember that you can send us an email at brutalnation.cast at gmail.com. Check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. And do us all a favor because it does help out the show. Uh, Take off your uh, pop-up blocker, and if you're going to shop on Amazon, click on the Amazon link and just do your shopping through the link. It is very secure. Our site's very, very secure. Because it, it helps out the show tremendously when, right. when y'all And it doesn't out. cost anything extra. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's just one small little step to help us out. That's all I have That's to say. That's all I have. My brain actually stopped. Wow. <laughs> Again. There, there is a day. No, I'm kidding. I know. It's so fucking <laughs> amazing. All right. We will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.